Okay, got it. Ready? <clears throat> You're listening to Paul Elmore. Paul Elmore. <laughs> Shh. As I work with a lot of people, it's helpful for them to understand kind of the approach where I'm coming from. So I put together what I call my philosophy of healing. It's basic principles on how people actually change and get better. The first principle is we are designed to heal. We're not supposed to stay broken and wounded forever. When you get a physical wound, as long as there's no debris in the wound, as long as there's no infection, uh, the wound will start to heal up naturally. You don't have to do anything to it. It will heal naturally. Our hearts, our souls, our minds, our, our emotions are designed to heal the exact same way. When we trust, when we know that we are going to heal, it makes the moments of when we are not feeling good uh, more endurable, more bearable, because we know it isn't going to last forever. Healing has a natural and biological time frame. It can't be rushed. It can be slowed down. Uh, again, going back to the physical um, example of a broken bone. If you put a cast on that broken bone, the bone will heal naturally over six to eight weeks. You don't have to do anything to it. But if you don't put a cast on it, or if you do what I did and cut your cast off early, um, your bone isn't healed all the way and you can actually make it slow down in the healing process. You can't speed it up, but you can slow it down by actually trying to rush it giving yourself permission to be hurt, to be wounded, to be limited by whatever the injury that you've received. Um, when you give yourself permission to, to sit in that for a while, um, you will actually heal faster, even though it's very, very counterintuitive. Talking about it actually does help. When you talk about it, it actually makes it real. What it does is it helps validate your own experience. It isn't just something that is stuck internally in your head. Um, when you talk about it and other people can hear it, when a counselor, when a friend, when a family member, when you can watch their reactions to your story, it helps validate and and um, recognize that the, the experience and the feelings you are having are, are real and important. Talking isn't enough. You have to do more than talking. When you are wounded experientially, you actually have to heal experientially. So just thinking about it, talking it through, isn't actually the only thing it takes to help you change. You have to actually do things as well. Um, challenging the beliefs, challenging the fears, um, going to places that are uncomfortable, doing things that, that don't feel easy at first. Doing things and growing through the experience is what will actually help the changing and the healing process process speed up as well you heal best when you are safe but uncomfortable this is the nature of the therapeutic relationship um, where you have a place where you don't have to be strong where you don't have to be all together where you don't have to be perfect where there are very little expectations or judgments placed on you when you have an environment that that you can be safe in that gives you permission to go to the places that are actually uncomfortable, the places that don't feel easy to go to. And then when you go to those uncomfortable places and challenge those things, that is actually what helps you change and grow and become more healthy overall. Because you're a holistic person, emotional wounds affect you physically. 
when your heart is broken, when you're emotionally tired, your body reacts to it. And so it isn't always enough, again, just to treat the emotional components. You actually have to take care of yourself physically. You have to practice good self-care um, for your body to heal. Most disruptive behaviors that are happening currently in life actually had a, a productive use earlier in life. I always talk about the um, person who um, is sitting with his wife and he doesn't talk because when he was a child, he learned that if he spoke up and talked, he got smacked. So learning how to be quiet um, is actually a very smart thing that he learned as a child, but now in a, in a relationship with his wife, it's a now a disruptive um, coping mechanism. Lots of coping, coping mechanisms that you can use because you are hurting, because you are in the process of healing, actually served a purpose at one point in life, but it can actually become disruptive um, in, in your current life now. Usually this has um, issues around coping mechanisms. Um, so uh, drinking, um, drug use, anything that helps you numb out, getting away from situations, stopping talking, um, avoidance, all of these things are learned early on and end up being disruptive in the here and now. Um, when you can see them as not character flaws, but as maladaptive strategies, it helps you give yourself some grace through the healing process. Uh, and then your job is to learn different uh, tools to go through the healing process that you're in currently. Healing involves transformation. This is a big one. You can't actually go back to who you are prior to being injured. A lot of people just say, I just want to be normal again. I want to go back to who I was. And that is an impossibility. You will never be able to go back to how you were. The only way to go is forward and to actually integrate or accept the changes that come because of whatever wounds or experiences that you've had that are painful. When you, it, when you accept those, those experiences and you allow them to transform you rather than trying to get back to who you were, you heal much, much faster. You, you stop fighting the change process and you, and you start to integrate it. Your painful experiences and the healing process do not define you. I sit with a lot of people who have had childhood abuse in some way. They go through a recovery process and then that is how they kind of create their identity. So they get a job around helping people who've been abused and they write books about being abused and they start groups about being abused and they create programs about being abused and, and, and it just goes on and on and on. And so this wound and the healing process becomes their new identity, which means actually they can't quite escape the, the consequences of the abuse fully and completely. This is a personal opinion and you're going to, you're going to probably hear differences uh, depending on who you talk to, but I believe it's actually healthy to be able to integrate those things, to let them be part of your story, but then to not let it define you. It is a moment in time um, for the, the healing process, the recovery process, for the wounding process. And then it's okay to find other things in your life that you actually love, that actually bring joy and, and excitement in your life that have nothing to do with, with the wound or the, pro or the process that you've been through. That creates a more holistic, a more whole kind of existence um, in your day-to-day -day life. Big one here, it is actually impossible to avoid being hurt again. 
just because you go through the healing process one time and you and you are healed from one wound it does not guarantee that you're going to not get hurt later on in life and if you go through life going i've already had my fair share and i shouldn't have any more and i don't want to get hurt anymore uh, you're going to live a very restricted life uh, going forward the whole point of the recovery process is, is to learn how to live with vulnerability and openness um, and, and availability to all the experiences in life. And some of those experiences actually bring pain. You can actually get hurt again. But the idea is you've all, you already know that you've been healed once from whatever wound uh, you've had in the past and you will heal again. It isn't like you use it up and then you don't have any more. We heal over and over from big wounds and from little wounds. Um, and so you can't avoid being hurt. Even though people have the greatest capacity to hurt you, they also have the greatest capacity to help you heal. Uh, my wife and I talk about this all the time because I know I say things and do things to her that actually genuinely hurt her feelings because I'm insensitive or unaware at some point um, in our, in our inter interaction. And the idea is even though I'm the one who hurt her, when I understand that, when I recognize that, and I gen demonstrate genuine remorse, I also can be the one who can help her heal the most. People can hurt you the most and they can help you heal the most. We heal in relationship. And so isolating yourself, separating yourself away again, because you're trying to avoid being hurt will actually slow down the healing process. And then finally, scars are expected. You're not going to get out of this life um, completely scar-free or wound-free. Scars are reminders of injuries, past injuries, but they, they signify that that injury is no longer in the way. It reminds you, but you're not actually experiencing the pain or the restriction that that injury has caused you. Scars are stories. Scars scars make your life full because you can go yep i can remember this and look how i've changed and look how far i've come since then it's not bad to have scars we're not supposed to go to our grave completely pristine um, it's okay to go to your grave used up scraped bruised um, that's that kind of philosophy is what helps you get the most experiences in life and have a full and complete life that's the point of all of this is when you know that you will heal you're actually supposed to live with more freedom you don't have to worry about being hurt anymore because your injury does not keep you down you don't stay injured forever that gift right there that we've been given should should allow us to live with the most freedom and excitement in life. I hope you get a chance to live boldly and, and greatly today.